on today's show, the Houston Rockets lose in heartbreaking fashion to James Harden and the LA Clippers 106 to 100. A lot of chances blown late, a lot of self-inflicted injuries in this game for the Houston Rockets. They could have won this game despite the crap show of officiating going on in this one. We're going to talk about the officials for sure because, guys, what the hell did we just see? It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Unstoppable force meets immovable object. The Houston Rockets were riding a six-game win streak. The Clippers were riding a six-game losing streak. And unfortunately, those streaks were snapped and not in the way we would have liked uh, for your Houston Rockets Losing this one against the LA Clippers, 106 to 100. What's up? Welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and a credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making it every making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day. Thank you for being an everydayer of this show. Sincerely appreciate it. Rockets losing. To the Clippers, 106 to 100. Really losing to the Clippers and the referees because this game was one of the most egregiously officiated games that I think I've ever uh, been witness to. Is this this game was awful? My blood pressure was through the roof watching this one. I had some people reach out to me like, "Where's the recap episode on Saturday morning?" And I was like, "Guys, if I tried to record the recap episode Friday night or Saturday morning for this game, uh, as I'm doing this Sunday morning." Uh, I would have just been swearing up and down. I, I might have gotten fired. Um, that's how that's how upset this game had me. Uh, we're going to get into some of the officiating, of course, because that was a, a central component of this game and of this loss for the Rockets. But I want the big takeaway here to be, and this is usually my my how I feel about officiating. Yes, the game was officiated poorly. The Rockets still had so many chances to seal this one, to put this one away, And we're going to highlight some of the mistakes that were made, especially at the end of this game, uh, where they basically shot themselves in the foot repeatedly, multiple times. I don't know how many feet the Rockets have, but they they shot at least like three or four different feet, you know, uh, you know, in the in the closing moments of this one. Um, So many chances blown to, to seal this one, to put this one away. And it's a learning opportunity for this young Rockets team. I will say that despite the officiating. They were resilient despite the strong, hot start from Paul George. They made some adjustments, defended him well over the the rest of the game after a quick 13 points in the first quarter. 
uh, they gave themselves some chances to win this one. You know, losing, trailing by as many as nine to fight and claw back and go ahead by as many as 10. They had a five-point lead in the closing moments of this game before that went away. So I was still, even though it was a loss, I called it. This was the trap game. I didn't want to be right about it, but my gut told me that something was going to happen in this game. And, and credit to the Clippers, their defense squashed a lot of what the Rockets want to do offensively. They were forced to play a lot of their possessions in isolation, which is not what they want to do. And, you know, the James Harden and Kawhi Leonard had fantastic games. Paul George was really inefficient after that first quarter. The Rockets did a good job defensively, made some adjustments on him after the first quarter. Uh, and he just kind of missed some shots. But, uh, the closing moments of this game, it kind of it kind of all starts with you go back and the Rockets had a three point lead with about a minute and a half to play, so a three point lead with ninety seconds to go in the game, and the Rockets gave up an offensive rebound to James Harden. This is kind of where it starts, where James Harden isolated on Jabari Smith Jr. and credit to Jabari because Jabari was actually there weren't there weren't a ton of big time positives from this game but Jabari Smith Jr.'s defense was a big time positive it didn't matter whether he was guarding Paul George James Harden Kawhi Leonard he had moments he had individual moments of great defense on all three of the Clippers best players and I was thoroughly impressed with what he looked like defensively in this game the offense it's another story, but that's kind of the case for the entire Rockets team in this one. Nobody was efficient in this game, unfortunately. So Jabari clamps up James Harden. He gets the offensive rebound, tries to drive it in, you know, makes him in, forces a very tough shot. James Harden misses it. Jabari gets the rebound and outlets it to Jalen Green. And Jalen Green, this is poor decision number one. With 75 seconds left to go in the game, a three-point lead, Jalen tries to attack an elite defender in Paul George in transition. Bad choice number one. You need to, you have to understand where the clock is at, where your team is at in the game. The Rockets needed to milk every second of that clock and try and get a very high quality, uh, you know, offensive possession. That could have been generated by Jalen. We've seen him do that late in games this season. It could have been Fred. It could have been an LP post up. It didn't need to be an attempted transition bucket. So mistake number one. That turns into a Paul George block and then he comes the other direction and gets his own transition layup. So the Clippers are now within one point. 99 to 98. Then the Rockets come down on the next possession. Fred Van Vliet starts trying to carve up the defense. They run a set and it winds, the ball winds up finding its way to Jalen Green in the corner. The spacing wasn't great. So Jalen tried to drive baseline and got ripped by Kawhi Leonard. Now the last two minute report did reflect that that should have been a foul on Kawhi Leonard. So that just, just add it to the top of the scrap heap of all the completely blatantly missed calls in this game that, that favored the Clippers. Uh, some really terrible officiating guys still not a great offensive possession, not a high quality look. And even if Kawhi hadn't fouled Jalen green, I don't know how I would have felt about a Jalen green baseline drive into Avika Zubats, who was doing a really good job protecting the rim for most of the evening. So not a great possession there. Then you come back down and James Harden dices up the Rockets defense, gets a Zubats dunk comes in from the baseline on the following possession, the Rockets needed a bucket. They went to Alper and Shingun in the post. Kawhi Leonard was guarding Alpi in the post, which is a, a huge compliment to Alpi that he had Kawhi Leonard checking him at the end of the game. Kawhi got a poke check on the first post up. They re, they redid the post up. And on the next one, Alpi got the better of him, drew a foul, got to the free throw line, missed the first free throw. We've already seen the Rockets lose a game this season because of missed free throws. And their free throw shooting in this game 
was not great. You don't walk away feeling great about 14 of 20 in a game that you lost by six points. Like you, nobody's expecting this team to shoot 100% from the line, but they missed too many free throws. 70% is not good enough. Again, they've lost games. They lost the Spurs game because they didn't hit free throws. They were 10 of 20 in that game, 14 of 20 in this one. It's not good enough. Alpine needed to hit both. He got one and tied the game up. But as the game was tied up, the Rockets had a chance on the very final defensive possession. All they had to do was play, play quality defense for one more possession, and they would have had a chance to take the game for themselves offensively or at the very least force overtime. Jabari Smith Jr., Draws the task of guarding Kawhi Leonard on the final possession of the game. Does a fantastic job on him. Forces Kawhi into a pass out. Like not even a pump fake and attempt to draw foul or a tough shot. Like Kawhi just chooses to pass out of the possession. That's how good Jabari defended him on the final play of the game. Ball goes to James Harden, top of the key. And I I felt like the shot, I knew the shot was coming the moment he got the ball. And it just felt like the perfect scripted NBA moment. Because James Harden, how many times have we watched him do that dance? step back, pull the trigger, hit the shot, and not only did he hit the shot, he drew the foul on Jay Sean Tate, who was in his landing zone space. A- another horrible choice, horrible foul at the end of the game. Jay Sean Tate sold big time at the end of that game, unfortunately. And, you know, if, if James Harden hits the three, you still have a chance to tie it up on the other end, right? You still had some time on the clock, could have drawn up a play, could have tried to make something happen. Four-point play effectively ended this game. And that's what happened. So the Rockets had so many chances being ahead by three with 75 seconds left. They really did kind of choke this game away. And that's, it, I don't want to say it's fine, but it's a learning opportunity for this team. They had a lot of moments, not just in the final 90 seconds. They had a lot of moments throughout this game of just some bad decision-making, some breakdowns, some miscommunications, things that they need to clean up. And once they do, then you know, even with the refs kind of giving the Clippers a helping hand in this one, the Rockets could have won this game. There was a level of resiliency, the fact that they they knew that they were getting screwed over by the officials, and they still didn't let that get them down. They still played a hard-fought game. It took a lot of help for the Clippers to be able to win this one. So I actually feel pretty optimistic coming out of this loss. You know, moral victories are not as great as real victories, but I think you have to feel pretty confident in, how, in a lot of the things that the Rockets actually did do right in this game and that they can use this as motivation moving forward into their next two matchups against the Lakers and against the Warriors. Coming up, want to break down a little bit more of this game, kind of some get into some of the game flow, some of the individual performances. I got to rail on the officiating for a little bit because, my God, it was horrendous in this game. We're going to get to all of that and so much more in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six players and their stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. It's that Simple. Prize picks is so easy to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes Prize picks the number one DFS sports app on the market. And with basketball season now here, you can do combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus reception. So, 
If you've been looking for a DFS sports app, you've been thinking about trying daily fantasy sports, give prize picks a chance. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA, all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA with code locked on NBA, all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's talk a little about the awful officiating in this game, guys, because honestly, uh, this was this was pretty one of the worst officiated games that I've ever had to witness. Um, you know, I if I if I had tried to record this podcast uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, whatever, it would have just been me swearing up and down the whole show because I like my blood pressure was way too high watching this game stressed out beyond all imagination watching this team try to play five on eight uh against a group of star level players it's just let's talk about home cooking man like i'm sorry lp was getting fouled all the time on post-ups early in the game because they were switching a lot of things and there were some post-ups where he was trying to get you know Kawhi or james harden early on and they were getting away paul george where they were getting away with multiple you know hands in his back shoving him pushing him grabbing him all that stuff before he finally got his first whistle and i mean later in the game like you don't it doesn't get more egregious than obviously talked about the last two minute report and the Kawhi leonard strip on Jalen green that was should have been a foul uh, but it doesn't get more egregious than the one where Al P was posting up Paul George on a switch. And, and first off, Al P completely shook Paul George on that switch, like faked him out of his jockstrap. And Paul George literally gave up on the possession. Like it was one of those where Paul George, he was like, oh, well, I got beat. I don't want to give up the easy two at the rim. Swipes him, like just karate chops him across the arms. Ball goes flying. No whistle. There are three officials out there and I'm fully convinced it was like the three blind mice uh, officiating this game because not a single official blew their whistle on that call or on that play and the Clippers go the other way and it's just I, I really and there were so many and, and a lot of people get it get it twisted when you talk about the officiating because you'll look at the free throw discrepancy or something and be like oh my god the Clippers only shot 10 more free throws than the Rockets it wasn't that the lopsided or the Rockets had plenty of free throw attempts it's not about the calls that that happen it's about the ones that don't happen it's about the stuff that players are able to get away with. And as soon as the Clippers realized that they had the officiating advantage in this game, they were fouling all game. They were getting away with so much physicality defensively. It was absolutely absurd. And then on the other end, every time the Rockets tried to play defense in this game, this is what it felt like. Foul. No, two fouls. Like, I swear to God, guys. Every player up and down the Rockets roster was in foul trouble. Dylan Brooks fouled out of the game. Jabari had five fouls to finish. He was in foul trouble. Shingun was in foul trouble. Jalen could was was flirting with with multiple fouls throughout this one. Jay Sean Tate foul trouble. Tari Eason foul trouble. Like it was. I don't think Ime Odoka would have gone to Jock Landale in this game had it not been for the foul trouble up and down the roster to where the Rockets just needed to throw in another body at one point in this game because. They didn't have, they, they needed the additional depth. They needed, you know, another body out there to rack up some fouls to just absorb some minutes, you know, kind of an innings eater type guy. And I really, like, I feel for them because to, to be out there, to play, to have to go through that mentality of, you know, we feel like we're getting screwed over by the officials, but to see, to keep their heads on straight and to not let the officials get to them and to still try and play their game, to stay in this one, to give themselves the chances that they did, to even be ahead the way that they were late in this game, despite having to overcome all those odds playing five on eight, 
I think you got to give a lot of credit to this group. Like this group was resilient and they didn't close out the game strong, right? A lot of bad mistakes late that will be learning opportunities for Ime Odoka and for this group to, to highlight, to say, hey, this what look what you did here. Don't do that again. And we'll be okay moving forward. You know, the free, everything that we highlighted there in segment one. So again, the Rockets did not lose this game because of the officiating. That was not the primary reason they lost this game. They could have won this game despite the ugly officiating. And there were non-Rockets and Clippers fans chiming in on this game too that were looking at these calls and thinking, oh my God, this is ridiculous, right? So it's not just, this is not Rockets homerism. This is not, you know, walk, you know, looking at this game through a pair of red tinted shades. This was easily one of the worst officiated games that I've ever had to witness. Now that we have that said, I do think that up and down this Rockets roster, there were, you know, issues aside from just, just even issues aside from the uh, kind of some of the poor decision making late in this game. There was poor to sit. There were there were a lot of learning opportunities up and down this game. Alperin Shingun, he's been incredibly, you know, so much better defensively this season. This was probably maybe his worst defensive game of the year so far. Um, maybe you throw it up there with like the opening night game against the Magic, but. LP, it felt like he was not nearly as uh, present as he's been, especially in some of the pick and roll defensive coverages in this game. Uh, Ivica Zubats woke up in a big way there in the in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. And there were a lot of moments. There were like two or three separate times in this game where Shingun kind of rode read the pick and roll wrong and gave up an e you know a free run to the rim or an easy you know an easy opportunity in the paint, and Fred would like turn and immediately chewed him out for it. So. Some learning opportunities for LP there. Uh, offensively, you got to give some credit to the Clippers' defense. And again, they were able to get away with a lot more defensively, a lot more grabbing, holding, shoving, all that. And uh, it, it worked in their switching scheme. The Rockets were forced into a lot more isolation possessions. Play they they are bottom five or bottom three in the league in isolation possessions offensively and. They were forced into a lot more isolation in this game. It led to some really inefficient offense from Jalen Green, just 5 of 16 from the floor. Fred Van Vliet, only 7 of 14. Uh, woke up and played a lot better in the second half, but that first half, man, it looked like he was struggling. He had Terrence Mann draped all over him and was really struggling to like create separation and get good looks. Felt like he kind of settled for some shots earlier in this game before kind of waking up and trying to take over there in the third and fourth quarters. Alper and Shingun struggling in this one, only eight of 18 shooting, not his usual efficiency that we like to see. Uh, he was two of five from three point land. The Clippers were letting him pull the trigger and, and he made him pay 40% three point shooting is really nice to see from LP, but LP also had six turnovers in this game. Jalen had four turnovers. Uh, it was, it was an ugly showing offensively. Jabari Smith Jr. just four of 12. I will give Jabari some credit for hitting a couple big shots there in the fourth quarter. He had the, uh, the, the post fade, the turnaround, I believe, and then he had the big three-pointer as well. So, you know, there was a lot of issues across the board offensively for this game. Fred did his best trying to still get guys involved. Uh, they did still have 24 assists on 38 made shots, but, I mean, they had possessions where, like, Tari Eason had like this weird isolation from the top of the key. Like, I, I don't know. He thought it was Kawhi Leonard on a possession. It was, it was up and down, uh, an ugly offensive showing for them. And you got to give a credit, you know, some, some solid credit to the Clippers defense. I mean, they were comfortable throwing like, you know, Kawhi and James Harden on LP on switches. Uh, it didn't feel like they really took, found, found ways to take advantage of, you know, Zubots when he was switched on to, you know, a quote unquote perimeter player at times. Uh, and honestly, I want to give a lot of credit here to 
the Rockets bench unit because the starters just really didn't have it in this game. They, the starters were pretty awful across the board. Jabari's defense was pretty incredible. But and, and I'll give credit to Jalen Green, 9 of 10 shooting at the free throw line. He was being aggressive. He was trying to drive, trying to get to the foul line. But, you know, when you're supposed to be the tip of the spear offensively and you're supposed to be at a 20-plus, 25 points per game plus score on good efficiency, 5 of 16 is just not going to cut it. So I will give him credit for his free throw shooting, though, there. Um, and again, Jabari's defense was was excellent in this one, drawing the assignment of guarding Kawhi late and, and everything. But their bench... The Rockets bench was a big reason why they survived this game. Uh, credit to Tari Eason, who had 12 points, six rebounds, had a steal, had a couple blocks. Uh, his length is just absurd. And and being able to have a, a kind of a menagerie of wing defenders to throw at the trio of James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, that's what you need to try and slow those guys down. And, and they actually did a decent job holding. I mean, Paul George finished 8 of 22 shooting. Kawhi Leonard only 8 of 16. James Harden was incredibly efficient with 8 of 11 shooting, 6 of 7 at the free throw line. He had his 7 assists. He had the game-winning shot. You know, just easily his best game as a Clipper to this point. And we kind of knew, it kind of felt like this was going to happen. Like, I, I hated that I, I had the gut feeling going into this game, but it kind of felt like they were due for a game where the stars aligned, literally where the stars aligned, and they had like a good game, like a couple strong games from some of their stars. Russell Westbrook, largely kind of a non-factor, uh, coming off the bench, just eight points on two of nine shooting. Norm Powell, only three of 11 shooting off the bench. But the Rockets bench kept a minute, man. Tari had his 12 points. Jay Shante was really good in the first half, had his six points there, few rebounds. Aaron Holiday played some top-tier defense. And Jeff Green, despite not scoring the ball well, was actually you know a pretty big part of some of those runs in the second quarter and in the second half where the Rockets actually kind of took control of this game, going up by as many as 10 points at one point in this one. So not the end of the world. We, we've seen this Rockets starting group be really consistent through the first nine games of the year, now game number 10 against the Clippers. And this felt like the first game where it kind of felt like all the starters had a really rough night, especially offensively. You had different moments where, again, where Jalen was attacking or where Fred kind of woke up in the second half. But it's really going to be hard to win games when all three of your your big guns, so to speak, in Al P, Fred, and Jalen are all having off nights and, and really struggling to shoot the basketball, missing some wide open looks. Like, didn't capitalize on the easy opportunities that they got. And then they also forced themselves into some really tough shots. Uh, and you got to give, you got to tip your hat a little bit to the Clippers defense, uh, who was, again, allowed to get away with a little bit of added physicality in this game. So coming up, want to share some final thoughts, um, some final positive takeaways from this one, the moral victories, if you will, to come away from this game with, uh, we're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports movies. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins and all you have to do is wager $5. It is so incredibly simple. FanDuel has, first off, the app is incredibly simple to use. They've got spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more that you can take a look at. And right now, you can go take a look at some of the NFL odds. We can go take a look at the the outright Super Bowl 58 betting favorites. And right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Swifties, if you will, plus 450 to win it all. The 49ers behind them at plus 500. The Eagles at plus 550. The Ravens at plus 850. Also right there, the Miami Dolphins, 850. And the Cowboys sitting on the outside of the top five, looking in at plus 1,100 
to win it all this season. So if you've been thinking about getting into some sports gambling action, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, final thoughts from this 106-100 Rockets loss against the Clippers. And I want to go, I'm double checking my notes here. Because again, I you know I, I do think turnovers were a big one. Kind of covered the, the, the young mistakes. I didn't mention this one, but d- despite Tari Eason's fantastic game, I mean, he, he, Tari had some incredible defensive plays in this one. Uh, his length is such a benefit to have out there. Uh, I also thought Tari might have deserved to be out there uh, in the close on the closing lineup, the one that you know was trying to defend the final offensive offensive possession by the Clippers. Uh, they wound up going with uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, sorry, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jay Sean Tate, Jabari Smith Jr., uh, and Jeff Green for that final closing lineup, and it really felt like. I thought Tari had earned a spot in that final closing five, uh, but they didn't. They didn't want to go that route, unfortunately, and and it is what it is. But uh, he Tari was not without fault, man. He had uh, he had that that pass at the end of the third quarter, trying to go you know seventy five feet the length of the court uh, for a last minute shot, and it wound up being a turnover and turned into a Paul George three. Just kind of those are those back breaking like momentum killing moments where you're just like oh. Like, come on. Like, why you didn't need to have that happen, right? And the Rockets had a lot of those moments in this game. They had a lot of moments where you're just like, oh, like, where, you know, kind of losing their composure at various points. And and that's what a young, that's what's going to happen with a young team. And despite that, you know, Jalen still got opportunities late in this game to try and close this one out, to, to run the offense. And I do think part of that is, Ime Odoka still wanting, you know, the young guys to get their reps, right? He wants them to have opportunities and chances to make mistakes late in the game. You know, he could, Ime could spam Fred Van Vliet, Alpi pick and roll, you know, every single possession down the line of a game. But at that point, one, you become really easy to predict offensively. So you got to add some spice in there. You got to add some variety. You got to give some, you know, some different offensive looks to try and generate, you know, an advantage. So that's that's obviously part of it, but I do appreciate and enjoy how much he's trusting Jalen in those late game situations to make the right reads to try and break down the defense. And this was just one where Jalen had a couple opportunities that he needs to recognize and, and learn from. And moving forward, he will, uh, because you know that Ime, who was seething after this game, Ime was so heated in that post game presser. And I want to give credit to Ime because as much of a competitor as he is, and as, as blatant as it was that the officiating was very lopsided in this game, he could have gone up there and he could have done the whole like Taylor Jenkins referee officials ranting tirade could have, you know, accepted the fines and done this, that, and the other thing. He went up there instead and he highlighted the different things that this team, that the Rockets needed to do better. And I think that shows that's, that speaks to Ime's character is he didn't want to go out there and make excuses for their loss. He wanted to go out there and he wanted to highlight the fact that they weren't disciplined, right? Somebody asked him, how do you defend without fouling? And he said, being disciplined, we got too grabby and too reachy. We want to be physical without fouling. Now, granted, it was a pretty soft whistle for the Clippers, and they they generated a lot of fouls just from some ticky-tack stuff, but there were plenty of moments where the Rockets weren't disciplined, especially against a guy like James Harden, who Ime has coached, who, who you know, has his the reputation around the league that he does. How many times have we watched James Harden bait defenders over and over and over again into those types of fouls? You just have to be better disciplined when you're guarding him. He's one of the best for a reason. So... 
that's you know an opportunity for this team to grow from, to learn from, and a big you know big thing is you know talked about the the turnover at the end of the third quarter, the kind of a momentum killer. This Rockets team hasn't really closed out quarters very well. Like they've you know they, they have moments where they come back, they have big momentum shifting moments within a game, they adjust, um, they don't hang their heads. They don't give up even after, you know, two or three bad possessions in a row. They go down big. Ime trusts his guys to kind of rally at times on the floor. There are even moments where throughout this game, I was like, all right, Ime, call a timeout. They need one. They need to, you know, rally the troops. And and he trusted them to kind of find their own way back on the court. But I do think that, you know, this is just one of those where the team needs to understand that, you know, stuff is going to happen. You're going to have to find ways to respond. And I felt like overall in this game, when when the Clippers did throw throw some haymakers at them, the Rockets came back later, you know, start of the next quarter or whatever. But closing out quarters has been an issue. And that's something that I want to get the chance to ask Ime about specifically. Like, how do you get better at closing out quarters strong? Maybe it's just a young, maybe it's just a young thing, a youthful thing. Maybe it's about the certain lineups that were out there. Again, covered the fact that the starters were just, this was kind of the first game all season where all the starters really struggled kind of across the board in this one. Uh, it feels weird anointing a player of the game in a loss, but I do think there's still, like, I think Fred Van Vliet deserves a lot of credit for how he kind of tried to rally the troops there in the second half. Uh, flirting with a triple-double, again, 19-8-10 and 10 in this game. Had a steal, had a block, only two turnovers. Struggled offensively in the first half, but kind of woke up there with the, you know, five of nine three-point shooting. Hit some big shots, trying to pull the Rockets back into this one. And, and in fact, not pull them back in, but pull pull ahead in this game. So, Honestly, you know, as as frustrating as this loss was for a variety of different reasons, I don't think this was a bad loss. Like this wasn't one where you look at it and you think, oh, this is, you know, the team has regressed. They're they're, you know, maybe it was flash in the pan success recently and the six-game winning streak was a fluke. Nothing about this game felt like the previous six wins were a fluke. It felt like the Rockets were getting uh cheated by the refs at certain points for sure but it also felt like they they made plenty of mistakes easily fixable mistakes that they can clean up and they could have taken and you know when they play this team again further down the line they won't hopefully they won't make those same mistakes again down the line they won't give the ticky tack fouls to James Harden they won't reach um they won't make some of the unforced errors like the end of quarter turnover from Tari or the decision making from Jalen Green late or the missed free throws there's so much that you can pick from to clean up in this game and you clean up even just a couple of those things and we're talking about a Rockets win instead of them snapping the six game winning streak so not too upset with it it's one that I think there's still a lot of positivity a lot of things that you can look at and be confident about this team fixing moving forward it does kind of beg that question though is when teams switch against this game where does the offense come from? Because the switching defense really kind of flattened out the Rockets' offense. It it forced them into some stagnant offense at times where it was, you know, broken down to just, okay, only one or two guys are touching the ball instead of all five guys touching the ball and driving and kicking and facilitating. And, you know, where is the offense going to come from? Those are those moments where you need an Alper and Shingun or you need a Jalen Green to step up and just be like, I got this. Like, I can get us the buckets right now. Get me the ball on the block if you're LP or if it's Jalen Green. Get me the ball on the perimeter. Let me isolate. Let me score. And it didn't really feel like either of them were a guaranteed bucket in this game. LP struggled. Again, the 8 of 18. Jalen Green, 5 of 16. Those guys just have to be better. And some of that was the physicality that the the, the team was able to play with uh, because of the, the looseness of the officials. But some of it was also themselves, right? Jalen Green was really loose 
with the basketball and a lot of drives. There's a reason he had the four turnovers. Alper and Shingun turned the ball over a lot in this game. Some bad decisions by him. So not his best performance so far this season. But these are things that they're going to have to learn. You're going to have to take your lumps as, as a pair of young guys, as the rest of the young guys on this team, and the veterans on this team know this already. You're going to take your lumps. You're going to go back. You're going to look at the film. And Ime is going to take exactly like exactly what he did after the first three losses. He's going to highlight the things they did well. He's going to highlight the things they did poorly. And you you keep the good and you throw out the bad. And that's what this team is about. They, they're still going to – they weren't going to go – you know, whatever it was, whatever was on the table, uh, 79 and three, uh, the rest of the season, that wasn't, that wasn't ever going to happen, right? This team isn't going to go undefeated. They're not going to be, uh, you know, a spectacular flawless team. They had a lot of gritty wins in that six game win streak. And a lot of them weren't exactly clean wins. There were a couple blowouts in there. Sure. But they, they also won a couple of those games by just toughing it out against some good opponents. So you're going to have games like this and Unfortunately for this one, it was kind of a 50-50 toss-up which direction it could go. James Harden hit a big shot at the end of the game. Jay Sean Tate fouled him, and and that was that. So I honestly don't feel too bad about this Rockets game. I, I want to know how you feel, though. I, you know, Let me know your thoughts on this game in the YouTube comments. Give me your thoughts about the officiating. I will say, quick highlight here, uh, the Alper and Shingo, the, the pair, Tice got dunked on twice man um and and shout out to that little rhyme from the rockets broadcast this is my first game all year that i've been able to catch uh craig ackerman and ryan hollins on the broadcast and you know they've they've grown into a really dynamic pair uh love the energy that they have craig ackerman dropping the uh the uh, watch your head line on on one of the tice posters kind of mimicking uh ryan hollins and then Shout out to Hollins, who was not pulling any punches, man. He was calling a spade a spade on the broadcast for highlighting the egregious officiating. And I know that can be kind of a tough line to cross, you know, as a broadcaster trying to, you know, you don't want to overstep your bounds a little bit. But it was it was a pretty poorly officiated game. So I appreciate him, you know, calling it how he saw it, especially as a former player. You can tell when the officials, you know, kind of are, are going a certain way. And it very much felt that way in this game. So the, the two posters though, on Daniel Tice, first by Alperin Shingun, completely just stuffed him inside a locker on that poster. And then Tari Eason, you know, recovering the loose ball and then, and then going up for a complete monster slam over Daniel Tice. Um, definitely, uh, not the time to use this new soundbite that was added to the board. Got to dunk that though. I need more bounce. <laughs> Got to dunk that. No, I need more bounce. And he certainly had a lot of bounce on that play. So there were some. There were some good moments. There were some highlight reel moments in this game. Uh, Alperin Shingun's shooting was nice. Jalen Green at the free throw line. Still a lot of positives to take away from this one. So overall, not a loss to get your head down about. This is something that they can build on moving forward. And rest assured that Ime Odoka will figure out exactly what went wrong in this game and fix those problems moving forward. That's the that's the confidence of having a a top-tier, high-quality head coach, again, in the organization is knowing that, hey, this isn't just going to become a repetitive thing where they keep losing for X, Y, Z, the same reasons. He's going to identify the reasons they lost, and they're going to iron out those issues. And that's what he does as a head coach. So give me your thoughts from this game, favorite moments, most frustrating moment, uh, how you felt about the officials. Just You can start dropping all the swears in the YouTube comments if you want to. Go for it. But as always... Thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, brand new Odyssey app. 
free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.